In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 341. Reporting from the floodplains of Austin, Texas, soon to be the next Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of rain down here. We got some more coming. I think there's a isn't there a hurricane off the Mexico. West Coast, West Coast of Mexico that's about to spin this way. Uh, I mean, obviously, it'll be broken up by the time it reaches Austin, but it means more rain. And uh, we've also got a boil water notice happening, which is the first time I've ever had to do that based on my water supply. So I just had to boil a gigantic pot of water about an hour ago and let it cool off and pour it into a jug. <laughs> so yeah, that does that that definitely sucks. But uh, yeah, uh, while uh, I'm you know barely keeping my head above water down here, don't worry guys, I'm not flooded out or anything. I'm on the second floor. I'm fine. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the final two issues of the uh, DC Rebirth series Green Lanterns. We're talking issues number 56 and 57, which wrap up this Cyborg Superman story arc that we've had going for a little bit. Mark's taking 56. I'm taking 57. And after that, we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, some of your listener feedback. We actually got three different pieces of feedback to get into. It's really two, let's be honest. <laughs> three attempts. Three attempts, but really, I I don't know what the hell the first that, – that failed attempt. I don't know what the hell was going on there. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We got three. We got three. We got uh, an email from Ryan uh, Fields. Oh, yes. He, you're right. You're right. You're, yeah. you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the two – the two-parter from the voicemail. And it's, no, oh, no, you, you are you are correct. Technically, there were two e- two emails and one one with an asterisk voicemail, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I've edited together for our benefit. <laughs> it's just so for comedic purposes. Um, so uh, yeah, and we'll do that, and we'll have just some brief geek talk sort of stuff uh, at the end uh, about some Netflix stuff, some movie stuff, and so on. So, Mark, you want to take fifty-six? I suppose. Uh, so this is Evil's Might Part 7, writer Dan Jurgens, artist Mike Perkins, colorist Hi-Fi, letterer Dave Sharp, Perkins with Hi-Fi to the cover, Chris Stevens did the variant, Jessica Chen is the associate, associate editor, and Brian Cunningham remains the editor. So, um, and God, that, that foil cover is ghastly. I hate, I hate this cover. And not because uh, it's foil either, it's just because of the artwork on it. Yeah, Alex. Hal looks awful. Awful. 
Everybody John else looks, looks okay. Uh, John John looks pretty much kind of looks like he's mutated too. Yeah, but I mean Hal just because Hal's in the forefront. Don't get me wrong, I like this concept. Them all shooting the rings off to like you know upper the upper uh, left hand side of the page and the way the Green Lantern's logo has been slanted to move perpendicular to those ring blasts. That, I mean that's a cool idea. And the fact that these foil covers uh, – now, obviously, I do digital, not the, the hard copy. But these foil covers are using, like, the foil uh, silver and white and black with one extra color sort of a look. I imagine, like, as a foil cover, generally speaking, with this green on it, it's a pretty cool cover. But the art itself is shitty. Yeah, it's like they got that this over-exaggerated Bruce Campbell-like jaw on how. Yeah, and his pose is off. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not an artist, so I can't really critique this super in-depth, in but just it does not look good. I prefer that Supergirl cover to this. I mean, if we're comparing two different issues when we were, we're going to cover that have the foil cover. so Yeah, I would probably, I would probably pick that one, too. Um, all right, let's jump into this sucker. So we begin, in, we begin on MoGo. Uh our friend Simon Baz, who some, has somehow made it to Mogo, though you would never guess by the artwork this was on Mogo. Yeah. It looks like he's still on Earth, which is why I had to take a double take. It's like, I know it said this. So he's made his way back to Mogo since being uh, played like a, for a complete idiot uh, by Cyborg Superman. Speaking of which, we get a pretty dramatic pose of Cyborg Superman in his little in his posse there with the, the non-Yandu-led uh, Ravagers and Eon, not to be confused with Ion, uh, I, I, I had to smile at the fact that his that Henshaw's line about I've forgotten how sweet the taste of complete of total and complete victory can be. Of course he of course he's forgotten that because he's never had that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have something to miss it. It's like you've never had that really. Uh, so the entire Green Lantern Corps is basically being held in this big blue bubble by by Eon, and you know. Everybody's everybody's talking smack at this point. Meanwhile, Henshaw just continues to just to rip into the the guardians and the core, saying how useless they are and they can't use your rings against me because I control all of them. Then all of a sudden, Hal has this epiphany about, hey, you know, I haven't recharged my ring. Like, okay, so that means you have no control over me. I can fight back. And whether that really concerns Hank Henshaw or not, we don't know because pretty much he just he just. It may concern him a little because he turns to Eon and goes, "Oh, Eon!" He goes, "No, never, my lord. I'll basically just keep, uh, I'll just keep pumping power into it, and as long as I, I can strengthen the shield, the bubble when necessary. There's really, there's really no threat." Cyborg Superman reiterates the fact that he's going to give Mogo to the Ravagers as, as part of as part of their deal. Uh, I, I do like the fact when Cyborg Superman uses Jessica's ring to hit Hal on the head <laughs> to shoot a construct out. That that's that that's kind of and a, it's a boxing glove too, right? Uh-huh. That's kind of appropriate. Uh, meanwhile, back in the in the in the deep dark gutters and basement of uh, Mogo here, we find out again how we don't know. It must be this magical emerald side crap that Simon more or less he found the the injured like healing medical pod of John Stewart and somehow he's managed to like do his best to increase the healing and everything trying to get him health health as healthy as possible but it doesn't matter because now he's got a space to get get john out of carbonite now because he needs him and john has gets informed that katasal is dead and things are really bad 
Henshaw keeps going and going going on and on about how the Guardians are horrible Guardians because they couldn't even ever predict that somebody could do what, what he did. So he's just, he just kind of reiterates, you know, he just kind of reiterates the same crap that's been going on. Now Kilowog miraculously realizes, hey, uh, I didn't, re- I haven't recharged either. But you're, which of course Henshaw kind of deals with by having Kyle t- t- take a hammer to his back, a camera construct to the back of Kilowog's head. Oh, you just got, you just got to love that Henshaw. An interesting point Henshaw raises about fear that how they all, you know. Supposedly Green Lanterns don't have fear, but more or less he says that's bullshit. Uh, it's a comic book, so they take out the shit part. Uh, and the fact that everybody has, you know, basically every everything has fear. So, you, you know, it's anybody without fear is an idiot. And Henshaw goes to Hal and more or less says, you know, I know what, and plus I know what you fear, you know, most of all, you, the thing you fear most is me. And he basically throws the, the, the previous destruction of Coast City in his face and the fact that, you know, I could destroy Coast City again pretty much any time I want. And Hal says, don't you – before that, Hal says, you can't. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, while all this is going on, Simon and John packing Kryptonian heat, basically kick kick ass you know, without using their rings. And then between the, uh, the Kryptonian gun that uh, Simon has and the – John gets a Ravager gun, right? Uh-huh. Right. So more or less, they just they – blast, they blast Eon from behind – uh, they can, let's continue to blast away with, with with their guns. At this point, as they keep taking out Eon, that more or less breaks up his concentration and his power into the the force field bubble. So the Green Lantern Corps escapes. They escape and, and they start ripping into the Ravagers. More or less, at, at this moment in time, the the best laid plans of mice and cyborgs falls apart because the Ravagers are all pretty much they're ready to get very, very shortly in this. The Ravagers, you know, their morale is shot. Doesn't take doesn't really take a whole lot for them to. Especially once Eon is taken out of the picture, while the while the Green Lantern Corps is kicking the crap out of the Ravagers, uh, Raimi kind of figure is able to detect that uh, the Phantom Ring, and thus Cyborg Superman is no longer on Mogo. Hal, of course, you know the gong goes off like a t- takes like a second or so, but the gong goes off that Henshaw is heading to Earth, and Hal get, pretty much goes to pursue him and to apprehend him while the rest of the Green Lantern Corps is taking on the Ravagers. And then we have a beat cop near a bridge, uh, pretty much gets blasted by by f- more like indigo purple energy, but it's a phantom ring energy, for lack of a better way of describing it. And then we find out that guess who's arrived in Coast City? Cyborg Superman and, and his great little pref- – he prefaces it with, death has come. Hmm. Uh, he's next to uh, the Welcome to Coast City sign, yep. not a bridge. Yep. Well, you're uh, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It looked like a bridge on that one page, right? Yeah. I forgot to flip. You're right. It's the it's the girders and everything. <laughs> so one thing to mention here is we we uh, get a good look at some of the core members after they break out of this bubble, and we uh, uh, we see here uh, one of the things that we've commented on in the past is it looks like Sora is a part of the group. Uh, in other background panels that we've seen throughout this story, they'd make a point here of making that. That the uh, character who looks like Sora look like a different character. Yep, he got a different tattoo or something on his head, on her head. Yeah, or a third eye or something, and she's she doesn't have the cleavage showing. She's got the low cut with the collar, but that 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 space where you would see Sora's skin is just covered up with the black part of the suit. You're right. 
So, uh, I mean, even even if this is just uh, like they accidentally drew Sora and now they realize their mistake, at least they recognize the mistake. Or if this was intentional all along, then that's our bad. Either way, it's been fixed. So at least I thought I'd address that since since uh, they since uh, we've we've commented on that in the past. Um, I both like and don't like the art in this issue. Uh, it, it looks good. It looks pretty consistent with what we've seen so far. I don't know if it's the, because of the fact that they're you know on Mogo and it's dark and it's snowing and all of this stuff that it, maybe the lighting is off and there's too many, too many shadows or something. I, I, I don't know. There are moments where it looks pretty good and moments where it looks just off to me. None of it looks bad, but there are times when I'm flipping through it and I'm just like, yeah, that looks... I don't. I, I can't. I can't pinpoint what it is, but some of it doesn't look right to me. So, well, there's a lot of awkwardness in some of the poses. Some of the characters just don't look "quote unquote" right when you get in certain poses. And sometimes they do. Like, so Hal looks good facially on, in some some panels, and others he looks like crap. You know, Guy doesn't look good. John consistently doesn't look good. To be fair, uh, so there is consistency there. Uh, Simon looks alright for the most part. Cyborg Superman mostly looks all right, but yeah, it's it is a mixed bag. I think for the most part, I'm okay with it, but it does the parts that look bad really kind of jar you. So. Yeah, for for reference, folks, uh, go to the page where John and uh, and Simon take that final shot on Eon, and Jessica says, "Simon, see, I told you he wouldn't betray us. Are you on that page? I'm trying to get there now. Okay. Um, uh, once you're there, let me know, and I'll point out what I'm talking about here. Um, yep, I'm there. Okay, so look at Guy in that middle panel, and then look at Guy in the very next panel that he's basically right next to himself in. Yeah, it looks like he hooked up. Yeah, and he looks like a completely different person. So, I mean, that's that's sort of what I'm talking about, where, I mean, he's still recognizably Guy, but it looks like two different people are drawing him. Um, so... Yeah, there are, there are moments where it's relatively inconsistent. And then you just go two pages later, and where Guy says, our rings, Henshaw isn't interfering with him anymore. He looks different there, too. You betcha. So, that looks weird. One thing uh, we didn't mention in the recaps, uh, uh, so uh, but I thought was a, a good use, Mogo. Oh, with the lightning uh, storm defense? Yeah, so Mogo has obviously been incapacitated, is is uh, you know having some some issues, but he's still a sentient planet, and just like any sentient being, you sort of have your own immune system, sort of a thing. So I like this idea that they kind of went with it. Yeah, Mogo may not be actively active, but he's still sentient and has his own sort of innate. Uh, as as John says, self-preservation instinct. Instinct. So when these fighters start flying around to start attacking them on the surface and all this other stuff, immediately lightning goes off and takes out these ships. So I thought that was a clever use. Yeah, I'd say so for the most part. I mean, convenient, sure. Uh, we're towards the end of the story. There's going to be a ton of convenience we'll mention here later. But, uh, <laughs> Nothing's more convenient than issue 57. <laughs> uh, another thing that's convenient is <laughs> is uh, Jessica going, Simon, see, I knew you told you you wouldn't betray us. And, and Guy, and who's all gung-ho, yeah. 
a guy who was all gung-ho about hating on Simon before is like, point made, Cruz, never happier to be wrong. Well, well <laughs> so, at, at, least, at least he didn't say, I knew it all along. <laughs> that would have been worse. And as, and as we've said before, considering as much shit that Simon Baz gives Guy, mostly not to his face, by the way, because he knows he'd get knocked on his ass. But as much as he, as much crap as we've seen him give Guy, you know, especially in, in this rebirth era of uh, Simon Baz, fuck you, Simon Baz. Kind of still don't care. I, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Guy all the way, man. <laughs> Another thing of convenience, when the hell did they figure out that it's because they've recently recharged their rings that their rings are affected? I thought I thought Henshaw might have said that last issue, but I don't know if he said that to them or just said it to Simon. It's possible. Maybe I forgot. I don't know. But, like, I, to me, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> How'd they figure that out? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know we know that. I, I don't remember if who was around when, when basically we were told that. <laughs> So it could again that could be a mistake. Am I? But I don't have I don't have that issue. I don't have the last few issues in front of me. Well, uh, other other than that, that's that's all I got. Is there anything else you want to say about this issue? It's better than fifty-seven. <laughs> and speaking of fifty-seven, welcome to beautiful Coast City, Green Lanterns number fifty-seven, the end. So uh, we open up where we left off. Coast City. Uh, people are going about their day, getting their daily coffee and hot chocolates over at the Green Bean. Uh, why not? Why they didn't just put Radu's? I don't know. Because Radu has nothing to do with Coast City, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be a chain by now. Like, <laughs> could be, but I don't think it is. What I was watching a show the other day, and I can't remember. It was one of the CW shows. Uh, and uh, there was a scene. Oh, it was Arrow. The first, the first episode of this season of Arrow. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but let's just say uh, Felicity Smoke is 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 in in the Wit, uh, Witsec Witness Protection Program. So she's in another city with another identity. She's working in a coffee shop, and that coffee shop is called Radu's. So it could be a chain. You know what I mean? Like. If they're gonna make like Big Belly Burger and shit a chain, you know, let's let's make Radu's a chain because then Radu's Radu's was a. Uh, I remember we all were hyped about it when uh, remember when Smallville did their JSA episode with Doctor Fate and Hawkman and all this several years ago. That episode opened up with Chloe Sullivan walking out of Radu's coffee, so. I just I don't see why they couldn't make it Radu's, but this is more time than we should really spend on the subject. <laughs> Sorry, we'll spend more time on that than we will probably some of the other aspects of this issue. So Radu away, no, but back you're right, back on point. So uh, this mother and son, after leaving the Green Bean, have looked up into the sky with the rest of the crowd, and look, it's Green Lantern. Suddenly, heat vision or a blast of weapon energy or something comes down and incinerates a lot of these people. Uh, and you want a signature here with love from Hank Henshaw. <laughs> and there he is floating over the city. How, how they could mistake this guy in black and red and silver to be green lantern. Not sure, <laughs> but especially when he's floating, floating this close to the ground, but whatever. Well, probably um, Because probably at first they just saw the green energy in the sky. Maybe. That's what I'm suspecting, because don't forget, he's got the Phantom Ring. That's true. So Hinshaw starts saying, all right, it's time to 
to destroy Coast City. This time I'll make damn sure it lasts. He creates this big multifaceted construct uh, with a phantom ring. Different pieces of this construct are made with different lantern energy to showcase that he's using the phantom ring. Suddenly Hal shows up uh, and uppercuts him with green energy, starts going at him without everything he's got. I'm strong and, um, you know, you annihilated Coast City once, but that was then. I'm stronger now, strong enough to stop you. Meanwhile, out over on Mogo, the Lanterns are still dealing with the Ravagers. Uh, Kyle says he's worried about Eon. Uh, John says, don't worry about it. The Guardians have him, and the Guardians are taking care of business over there. Um, uh, the Ravagers are saying, message to the fleet, the Master is gone, prepare to warp out. And miss meeting your new master, and this is when Guy comes in and pokes people in the eye with a construct and hits them with luggage and uh, all this stuff. Wait. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the command ship starts. Guy uses the command ship to blast his, the, the rest of the fleet back over on Earth. Hal and, and uh, Hank are still going at it. Hank starts getting the better of Hal, blasting him through a building and such. Uh, he says, bring it, Henshaw, give me everything you've got. Keeps you from watching your back. And that's when a squad of five other lanterns show up, including, oh, Metaphil and Sodom Yat for some godforsaken reason. Uh, <laughs> they all start attacking him. Uh, he says, bring all the lanterns you want. In addition to the Phantom Ring, I have the power of Superman. You can't stop me. But then he gets uppercut and says, most uh, most might not, but I am Sodom Yad of Daxum, Superman's equal. And uh, Hank is on the ground, you know, hadn't considered, you should have. And he blasts him with heat vision. Uh, and he says, "You're full, Hank, uh, Hal comes flying in, you're full of yourself, Henshaw, overconfident, with a phantom ring and all I can see why, but you didn't train with it, never learned how to use the great, uh, the ring to its greatest advantage. That's a problem I don't have. And Henshaw's like, you can't, I won't let you win, and then flash, and he's out of there. And Metaphil's like, gone, and Sodom's can't hear him or see him anywhere. The ring just says, departure trail, obscured energy level at .0002%, urgent recharge required. House like he's out there somewhere with a phantom ring. One day we'll track him down. Right now, it's time we dump. return to Mogo. <laughs> so they go to Mogo, and the Guardians are speaking with Hal. The Ravagers have been defeated. Our stasis field will secure them for now. So there's this big giant bubble outside Mogo, just holding all the Ravagers in their ships. In the meantime, we will seek out a world where they can resettle, flourish, and prosper. Okay, great. Well, at least they're fixing their mistakes. How about the sun? <laughs> <laughs> we owe our victory to you, Hal Jordan. If not for your timely arrival and ingenuity, I shudder to think how this affair might have ended. Uh, and he's like, we're a team Gant that everyone contributed any sign of Henshaw. Unfortunately not. Both he and Eon vanished. In the meantime... <laughs> Eon vanished. They thought they had him under control. In the meantime, Mogo needs time to recover. With that in mind, we have decided to reclose, relocate our bases of operations to Oa. <laughs> but Oa was destroyed. Ever since, we have worked quietly to reconstruct our home, just as we knew it. Kanasao was in charge of the effort. Sad that he did not live to see it through to completion. Once we're gone, Mogo will have the solitude necessary to recover from its trauma. 
Our other problem pertains to the power batteries. Henshaw's infiltration, kind of like the nastiest computer virus ever. We must confiscate each and every battery for purification. Once done, we will return them. But if that's what it takes to get the core back on its feet, so be it. At least the core is back together again. Not in its entirety. The Green Lantern core is an ever-fluid organism, as you will soon see. <laughs> so, over uh, elsewhere, we see Simon and Jessica talking. Simon says she's going to leave the team. She's got a, or, or Jessica says she needs to leave the team, uh, and you know her team of her, him and her and Simon. She says, "Simon, you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> I've lived most of my life in a box. Uh, I feel through their absence. Those those life experiences are still out there waiting for me. It's time I strike out my own and find them. Uh, she says, uh, I'll be back. If there's one thing we've learned over the last couple of days is that we have to take what life offers while we can, because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. They complete their work on this fountain and everything. And it's a statue of, uh, uh, Penelope's lantern Penelope's. Uh, and, uh, she says, come with me. We can explore together. He says, my place is back on earth. This journey is yours to make. Uh, if any, if you, you know, uh, all any of us wants is for you to be happy. She starts flying out towards space and says, thank you, Simon. You've all played a big part in making that possible somewhere out there. I'm sure I'll find that. And, and <sighs> holy convenience, Batman. There is so much convenience in here. They made Henshaw, not only a powerful villain in his own right, Again, he's again. This is one of those land, those characters like Mongol, who's gone from Superman villain to more of a Green Lantern villain. And you know they've established that in the past and and been trying to bring him back and bring him back and do this and that with him. And now they bring him back again. And it, of all people, it's freaking Dan Jurgens. And one of the ways they do this is they have him infiltrate the central power battery and control rings from across the universe and. Give him the power of the freaking phantom ring. So talk about overkill. They do all of this. He comes to destroy Coast City on top of everything else that's happening in this story arc. He disappears. And the way they do this, address this is, ah, we'll find him someday. <laughs> Basically, immediately after him disappearing. <laughs> okay. Mark and I were talking about this before uh, on, on Facebook in, in the messages, and we're just like, okay, when we first read this, yes, both Mark and myself allow for the fact that Dan Jurgens was probably told to end this arc sooner than he was originally told. So the fact that not only is this this story arc ending, but this series is ending, and it's ending with issue 57 instead of like issue 60 or something like that, okay. Maybe maybe he's on a severe crunch and we don't have time to drop hints and do all this other stuff. But holy mother of God, if you're reading this ever in trade, this has got to look ridiculous to you as a reader. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, let's be fair and look at it from this perspective. If, if you're reading this as a trade and you weren't and you're buying this just as an arc for whatever reason. Okay, so, and I don't know what would compel you. Maybe you like the title or something. Maybe something pull, pulls you in. You're not a huge. You're not a. You haven't been reading. Let's say you haven't been reading Superman. 
Action Comics beforehand, and you hadn't been reading uh, the most of most of the series, you would be so lost. And I mean, you get now, mind you, you get a little bit of background, like the, at least the Ravagers' beef with the Green Lantern Corps. At least you can you can you can get caught up with that, but you'd have no idea of. I mean, without they and then they tell you about they kind of do a little bit of explaining for Cyborg Superman of of so you, maybe you didn't have to follow everything in Action Comics, but still you'd have the stuff from Action Comics you'd be clueless about. You'd have the whole Phantom Ring stuff you'd be you'd be clueless about. You'd have I don't know it's 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 just it's and and then you throw in the the super convenient stuff. What's it the I mean. We, yeah, we like to see Sodom Yat back. That's great. Why is he back? He, he after after he got taken out of cold storage back by Van Jensen or whatever in Green Lantern Corps years ago. We haven't seen him. He, he basically came back for like an issue, an issue, an issue, one issue or two issues, just to say I'm staying with my people and uh, we're not getting involved. So what, what? What? How the hell did they get get him back? What offer did they make him to bring to bring him back? Is it a one time deal? Is he back for good? I yeah, don't know. I mean, look, Sodom. Is, oh, I understand randomly bringing lanterns back. You know, like uh, uh, good example, Venditti. Venditti was uh, randomly uh, for several uh, several arcs actually. He didn't make him a focus, but much like Sodom Yat here, for a brief moment, um, uh, Rotlop Fan was randomly in the forefront. They never really explained Rotlop Fan. You, it, they even made sure to have his F-sharp bell symbol on his chest and everything. And they never explained it, but it, it didn't matter because it's not like Rot has this super intricate, uh, intense backstory. He shouldn't be there. He's always kind of been doing this and that in the background. You get a big, large group shot. Sometimes he's in there. But, you know, uh, you know, Venditti used him a little bit here and there. Put him, in, put him on a big splash panel here and there. You do the same thing here with Sodom, but Sodom is not a character you can do that with. Metaphil is, uh, Rotlop Fan is, like, so on and so forth. All these other lanterns are characters you can do that with. Sodom is something else completely. Given what Jeff Johns did with him, given what happened with him in Legion of Three Worlds, what you learn about his future, uh, the stuff that they, they you know, uh, Alan Moore introduced that name in, in, in uh, that was that, Tigers, the Blackest Night Prophecy. Like, he, not to mention, he is a Daxamite. He has the power of Superman. Like, this is, this is a character you don't just randomly pluck from nowhere and toss into the mix just to have another cool lantern there. There is stuff involving this character you need to pay attention to where he's at in his particular story. It is, he's not somebody you can just randomly pluck. Do, do I, I get it. Cyborg Superman versus a Daxamite. Okay. Heat vision for heat vision, super strength for super strength. I understand what you're trying to do. But this, it, it, it didn't work here for me. And you only really used him to go against Cyborg Superman for what, two, three pages? Yeah, pretty much uh, three. Because I think I, once he uses his heat vision on the next page, that's it. I don't think we see him again. Yeah, so there you go. Like, I, I, why? Why not have like 
what's that one lantern I looked at like that looks like uh, Doomsday, uh, kind of oh, like Doomsday? Yeah, Terriot, Terriot or something. Something like that. I mean, he's a big, muscly dude with like bone stuff coming out of him. You can excuse him for having super strength or something. Like, come on, do something else. Um, but. Yeah, that Sodom thing really threw me. But I don't know what threw me more, bringing in Sodom randomly or the fact that they've been building Henshaw as this as this villain of this story in such a powerful way with everything I said before. Uh, and then he's just gone and nobody cares. Well, as we kind of talked about, too, it reminds you of, uh, reminds you of another character who probably he is destined to team up with, which is Volthoom. <laughs> yep. they, they did the same exact – uh, they did the same exact thing. Getting Volthum is this huge threat. Volthum is going to do this. He's going to do that. Blah blah blah. Then Volthum. Oh, we'll fall. We'll track him down eventually. Like, really? Yeah. You, that makes no friggin' sense. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, a yet another thing that makes no freaking sense. Oa. Oa's back. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, we are overdue for Oa to come back, but still. <laughs> we are. Yes, and the fact that. You know, Morrison is coming in, and when a, when a big name like Morrison comes on, let's face it, Green Lantern, both titles, Hal and the Green Lantern Corps and Green Lanterns, neither have been selling particularly fantastically for DC. They are bringing on Grant freaking Morrison to a title like Green Lantern, and they're making it Green Lantern again. No Green Lanterns, no Hal Jordan of the Green Lantern Corps. They're taking the title back to its roots. Green Lantern featuring Hal Jordan in space doing stuff. And it's Grant freaking Morrison. So something like that happens. You sort of have to sweep up the room. You know, it's it's like when you're a Boy Scout or something and, and they teach you to leave your campsite better than you found it. So, so other people can use the site in the future. Yeah, clean up after yourself. Put everything the way you found it on your way out. <laughs> because Grant Morrison's coming in. Someone's coming to inspect this place. Let's uh, let's get everything on, on, in tip-top shape. But uh, I mean, if they were going to do that, like, couldn't couldn't Kata had like before he died said something about Oa in some respect? Like maybe before he got. Awakened out of his slumber, you saw something like in the background. He was working on plans for Oa, or I mean, like you could have. It was just a random mention. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> he, he did say it, but we we missed we misconstrued it because he stubbed his toe. <laughs> or, or when he got or when Henshaw was it was in the process of killing him. It was, oh, it's like oh. <laughs> just, uh, Oa's back. Sodom is back. <laughs> Henshaw's gone. <laughs> well, like, well, you see, that's where that's where Henshaw will probably be next. He'll probably be right in the middle of Oa. He'll be in the <laughs> core of Oa. It'll be like that whack, wacky expanded universe story that said that that uh, IG88 ended up like taking over the second. I think it was the second Death Star that is that is his AI was like transferred into the the second Death Star, and he actually was. In the second Death Star, going to take control of it before when the rebels blew it up or some crap. So it's it's one of those things. That that's what that's what Henshaw will be. He'll be taking over Mogo and use it as a death. I mean, Oa and use it as a Death Star. None of this makes any sense. Look, and again, guys, covering all of this under the blanket of Dan Jurgens is is chosen to end this series 
and in this story arc within issue 57. If that doesn't scream, not really planned for us to end at this point, then uh, I don't really know what does. So it's not, he's clearly on a time crunch he wasn't prepared for. So in no way are these critiques being heaped 110% on the shoulders of Dan Jurgens. Am I heaping a little bit when it comes to Sodom Yat? Be- yes, but I think that's... I mean, unless Sodom Yat somehow appears in the Grant Morrison series and they needed to set him up and bring him back into the fold, then we'll you know turn tail and say, okay, clearly they did this to help set up Grant Morrison's arc or whatever. But, but he's not even on the last page where all those lanterns are, are, are standing there. Right, so I, I, that particular one, I'll put on... That particular one that almost seems like... A grant, uh, not a grant, a, a Dan Jurgens decision. That one's got to be on him. Hank just disappearing and suddenly the story's over. Okay, that can be blamed on a time crunch. Oa suddenly being back, also time crunch. Also the fact that we got to, you know, prepare the campsite for Grant Morrison to come do his thing, set everything back to square one. But uh, the Sodom Yat thing, that that that's as of right now, that sort of rests squarely on Dan's shoulders. Uh, but before we close out and go to break uh, uh, and, and all that want to give some final thoughts on the arc as a whole maybe the series as a whole since this is the final issue of the of the series well looking at this issue before before we even backtrack to the arc I thought I thought the artwork was a little more consistent in this issue mm-hmm. Uh Simon, uh, not Simon. Uh, John looks some weird in some several he, he can't spots. Draw John. Let's just let's just let's just say we all know some some people some characters some artists just have like blind spots too. They just can't like 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 Ganthet. Ganthet looks looks atrocious. But for the most part, Hal, you know, Hal looks a little better and 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 he almost looks Van Skyver like in a few panels. Cyborg Superman doesn't look bad, and I would say for the most part. I think Jessica looks pretty good. Actually, the, the panel that really strikes me is that second to last page when uh, they're doing the Penelope's their uh, statue, their unveiling of the statue of the fountain, and mm-hmm. right above it when she's in the upper right-hand corner panel, which is really weird because it looks the least like the Jessica that we've seen, but yet it looks to me that it's probably the most Hispanic-looking Jessica has ever looked in this book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think that she actually looks more like a Latina in that panel, and probably most we we ever see her otherwise. Uh, so I like that. I think I I really like that panel, even though it is clearly a contrast in the way she's normally drawn. But I think Jessica is drawn well overall, even with that inconsistency. The arc the arc was a little longer probably than it needed to be. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I guess they needed some. I guess they needed some some other fodder there, so that's why they had the Ravagers because. You needed something to build to hold the line until you had the Henshaw reveal, uh, which of course is partially ruined because we already knew not just in the solicits, but even in some of the, uh, I think the, the cover or something revealed that he was back. So that's, that's why it's the solicits are a pain in the ass sometimes when they do that. But the arc was okay. It definitely could have been better. I was disappointed in. I would say I'm a little disappointed in in this in this arc. It's certainly not the worst arc we've we've seen in this book <laughs> since its mm-hmm. inception. And I I do wish Jurgens at least had more time on this. And whether the Sodom Yat thing was a one-off, 
or not. I just it kind of it kind of just reinforces that it kind of stinks that we only have one book now, and it's going to be mostly about Hal, which isn't a bad thing because I like Hal, but it still would be nice to have a book mostly about the core. The book, I don't know this 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 whole book when you think about it is a whole lot of open, un, open threat ended threats threads threats and plot lines and things that have never been resolved. Lots of even going back to early on the rage seed. I was that's what I was thinking. I was I was going to say that the rage the rage seed is one of them. Uh, we kind of know from what Robert Venditti said didn't say but all but said. That the blue lantern, his hands were somewhat tied, you know, with the with the blue lantern. So that is was an open thread, th- you know, an open thread from that book. But still, in this book, you couldn't do anything. You, you had Volthoom, who's out there somewhere, uh, and you have now you have Hank Henshaw, who's out there somewhere. You know what else we have? Both Emerald Sight and the fact that Simon can heal people. Yeah, but we don't know what he. <clears throat> you're right. You're right. That's that is true. He probably that is probably his magical healing power. That that's probably what he was pumping into the the medical casket there, the the capsule, for John too. But yeah, it's yeah the the explanation thereof, correct? Because it's that talk about randomness, and I don't know. I, I would I would like to. I think it'd be cool to have Volthoom team up with Henshaw. At some point, they'll take on the core, and then the person who come, and then so the person who comes in to try to balance out the equation because he wants to kill Henshaw as, as Convergence Parallax, because <laughs> he ain't gonna ally himself with Henshaw. <clears throat> um, yeah, I this this series, uh, like like you said, tons of tons of dangling plot threads um, and, and and things. Emerald Sight was introduced in this series, and still, with even with the conclusion of the series with issue fifty-seven, has never been ex- been explained. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> good on you uh, for that. Uh, I, 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 that that just sort of speaks to the the dynamic of the series itself. It's clearly all about Jessica. Um, were there moments where Simon had things? But, I mean, we've had 50, sure, but we've had 57 issues of this Green Lanterns series. Uh, more if you include a special or an annual here and there or whatever. Um, but you have all these issues of this series, and how much better do we know Jessica? Tons. How much better do we know Simon? Meh. 12% better? We know he's a jerk. No. <laughs> Like we know him a little bit better just because, you know, we've had more time with him and his relationship with his family and stuff. But we don't know much more about him. Um, and this series uh, tried to do give him something new in this in the form of Emerald Sight and then just decided to not do anything with that whatsoever. So clearly the fact that they introduced this special thing that Simon could do while they were, you know, kind of trying to build up this Jessica Cruz character and they followed through with the Jessica Cruz stuff and just completely left of this special thing no other Lantern can do. Not only that, it's the second special thing that Simon can do that nobody else can do. First, he was able to heal people, which they never explained. Second, now he's got Emerald Sight, which nobody's ever explained. And both of these, no other Lantern supposedly has ever done with this ring. So, who knows? 
They never bothered to explain it. They had 50 plus issues of the series focusing specifically on him and Jessica, and they still never bothered to explain it. I, I just think at this point, look, I understand how much Simon means to certain people, um, how much he means to people uh, of color and of the of the Muslim religion and stuff who like this character and the fact that he exists and that he's a, a top tier uh, uh, not, not a top tier character or top tier lantern but he's a member of this very visible team within a major comics publisher I understand that I don't discount that in any way shape or form if someone makes wants to make any particular character their favorite character wonderful at least you're passionate about something go for it at the same time, you cannot deny that they are making no effort with him. And if they're making no effort with him, they might as well kill him. Because he's just taking up space. I'm sorry for anyone out there who's super passionate about him. But, I mean, if you bottom line it, I can't think of a reason why he's still here. Even we Even in this issue... Yes, with a, a conversation between Simon and Jessica, because that's where the series started. But the issue itself also ends with Jessica, bam, big there on the screen, on, on the panel, and just flying off into space, and we're sending her on her way. While Simon is just saying, now nah, i got to stay behind and do my thing on Earth. So, I mean, yes, Jessica's appearing in the, in the Justice League Odyssey title, and that's a Justice League story that's spinning out of all this stuff with metal and the Scott Snyder no justice thing and all of this stuff. So she's, you know, she's got visibility already and another title. So we need to sort of send her on her way. But it's it, it just the fact that this series ends on the page the way it does with Jessica, bam, big there and bold. And Simon, just yet another member of the crowd in the background, waving her off. That sort of says everything about this series, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I it's, it's hard to say that this series is disappointing because now that it's over, because in a way that I don't think we never really had high expectations for this thing. Uh, which which is which is great in in some way because when it did do something great and cool, we were eager to point it out. Yes, that that is true, and. I think we both became bigger Jessica fans than we figured we would have been mm-hmm. when, the, when this started. Uh, we, but we also became less – not that we ever were rah-rah for Simon, but we became less Simon Baz fans because of this book also. But that's because of the way they chose to portray him on purpose to prop one up, to prop Jessica up at his expense. They had some cool – there were some memorable arcs to this. I, again, but the payoff for most of these things were lame, even the going back in time to about the – you know, we got how to how they defeated the first lantern. That was kind of lame the way they did it, and and again, Volthoom's current Volthoom. You know, they just let him go, and of course that that that's because once Humphreys left, they completely wiped out that plot with with Raimi going in his and and Wolfman there going to track him down, which of course would have been circumvented anyway once Venditti decided to put to do all the, the Guardian story, but still. I mean that's another we don't have, we have no idea about that you know the raid seed which the one good thing about the raid seed is that it can be picked up on pretty much at any time. True. That that is your long your your long game versus your short game. Uh, so that is 
you know, have, having a big picture, that that's something that you would not expect for it to, to be dealt with. That is something almost, it's kind of a good idea to forget about that and let it, and let it literally grow and come back, and come back to it. Uh, I mean, I'll miss the book in the sense that I, if we're only going to really have one Green Lantern book, if we, if we're six months from now, we're still only going to have one Green Lantern book, then yeah, I'm going to miss this book, because I, because that's good to have more than one book, but, the focal point of the book was always poorly envisioned. Yeah, it, sh- it should never have been both of them. Just if you wanted Jessica to be, take the lead, fine. They could you could have teamed her with one of the other, the other Earth Lanterns, and then you wouldn't have had to worry about. You would not have had to worry about making this this other lantern look like a douchebag, so she looks better. You would just you just by the fact that this new lantern, the, the experienced lantern, would come to appreciate Jessica and would see her value would be enough to, for validation, not because knocking somebody else down to make to raise her up. So. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to say about uh, this arc, these issues, the series? Anything else before we head over to break? No, I got a headache. Let's let's let's, let's move on. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick promotional break, and when we come back, your listener feedback. I prowl the rooftops and alleyways at night, looking for justice, blind justice, a guardian devil. <coughs> oh, I don't know why I do that to myself. Look, none of that is true. I'm not Daredevil, Marvel's blind lawyer by day and superhero by night. I'm J. David Weeder. But you can call me Dave. I used to read Daredevil comics, enjoy Daredevil comics, and talk about Daredevil comics, and then I kind of stopped. Well, now I'm back with a new version of the old show. Daredevil Legends is the show where Daredevil, his allies, and his enemies all get put under a scope, get examined, and get discussed on a weekly basis. It's everything that you once loved in a Daredevil podcast, and much, much more to boot. So join me and Marvel's Man Without Fear and his enemies and allies every Sunday at DaredevilPodcast.com, iTunes, and the podcatcher of your choice. Take the dare at DaredevilPodcast.com. Daredevil Legends, the podcast without fear. Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfi Stafner. Come in, come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? Uh, just, I just, I'm, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is, like, DC events. DC events? As in the comic books? DC events? Yes, yes. The comic book events. Ooh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis? Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh, very, very... Invasion, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Oh. Okay, well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What, what, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DC OCD. Oh, okay. When I won't even start? charge you for it. 
Awesome. I don't think I can claim you on benefits. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <laughs> when shall we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool. back from break and we're gonna uh, pick up with your listener feedback we got two emails and a voicemail to play so uh, we're gonna start with the email from ryan ryan says uh i picked up a few random issues at an lcs i was driving through and discovered green lantern 155 i originally got it for the great gem lee cover but the even better part was what was inside i had no clues about a hate crime against the kid it was sad seeing Kyle wanting to fix it and the other heroes telling him they can't go back and to save everyone. Overall, I was really pleased with the impact this issue could have had at the time and kind of wish these topics were touched on a little more. I definitely got to find issue 154 now. I'll need to pick up some more Kyle Rayner issues as well. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, he's uh, talking about um, what was the name of that story arc? Do you remember? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Hate, was it hate crime? I think it might have been. <clears throat> I thought it. I thought it might have been. Actually, I think I might have that graphic novel, but I don't have it handy. Um, let's let's see. So, I got I got the one fifty five cover. Let's see what one fifty four. It's the cover one fifty four. That's funny. So. Uh, they keep showing. They keep showing the same stupid cover, which is 155. It's like I won. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure we covered that in uh, Lantern Cast episode number 161, uh, where uh, all of us were joined with uh, Lance, uh, who's listeners of ours at the time. To focus on um, the LGBTQ uh, community uh, within the uh, Lantern titles, and we did focus a lot on this particular story. So, Ryan, if you're—I mean, I know you recently started listening to us, uh, relatively speaking, recently. Uh, so, if you haven't listened to the stuff from way back when, go find episode 161 and listen to that one. Yeah. But yeah, that was a good that was a good uh, story arc. Very Spectre on the cover can't go wrong. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really uh, that reminds me. Uh, what was a Green Lantern issue that had Spectre on the cover? Was it Green Lantern one nineteen? I believe it was one nineteen. But Hal's Kyle in his hand. Yes, I really like that cover. Yeah, that's a that's a pow- that's a very very well. It's a Daryl cover, right? So it's very so it's that alone is going to make it good. But it's a very power. The image is very powerful. That was the one that says like Hal Jordan is Hal Jordan is the, is the specter. This could be bad or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was it was really cool though. Um, anything you want to say in response to Ryan's email before we move on to Corwin's voicemail? No, it is a pretty important. Certainly based on the Kyle Rayner era, that's one of the one of the stories you kind of think about, especially because it comes right after he was Ion. Right. So comes at the so yeah it's definitely a it's definitely an important story so yeah i'm glad i'm glad he i'm glad he discovered it even even at this point yeah it's always good to find yeah stuff that uh you hadn't read before Uh, i mean even myself i've got 
in some capacity, I've got every issue of Green Lantern. So at some point, I'm going to read something that's entirely new to me, and I can't wait for that to happen. Um, for the record, though, if anybody, if anyone is is listening and paying attention, I did make some sort of a, a statement that I was going to try and read every issue of Green Lantern by our 10th anniversary. Has it happened? <laughs> so I'm just letting you know that now. I'm going to own up to it. I'm not going to try and skate by. <laughs> Hasn't happened. Uh, I, I will be reading every issue at some point, but uh, it didn't happen in that time span. <laughs> uh, so Corwin's voicemail. I'll go ahead and play that now. Let's make sure my volume's all the way up. And here we go. Hey, fellas, it's Corwin. Just calling to say what's up. Um, nothing much been going on, but... Actually, hold on. <laughs> hey, fellas, it's Corwin. Been definitely listening to your last couple episodes, and I, I cannot agree with you guys more on that Legion show. It is an awesome show, but it's definitely not something that you can watch when you're tired. You have to pay attention to that show in order to get the most out of it because there's always something going on in the background or out of focus or something like that. It's a show you, it's like, what was it, Fargo? I think it was Fargo, but you've got to pay attention to what's going on in that show in order to really get the full of it. Um, besides that, things have just been kind of slow. As you know, we're down to one Lantern book. As a matter of fact, Green Lantern's just wrapped up. Uh, you can play this voicemail after you guys review that one, but I was kind of disappointed with it. To tell you the truth, it was like, you get all this build-up and Cyborg Superman and, you know, how just kind of, I guess, held his own till the rest of the Lanterns came to help him out, and it was just like, blah, I, I don't know, I didn't like it. I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, I did have something else, I've been listening to like three episodes. Oh, Netflix, uh, I love the Netflix coverage, you guys do that every so often, just what's on Netflix, what's on your queue list, or what you're, you know excited about seeing, because I could definitely throw some things out to you guys. If you haven't watched, I know I was really surprised to hear about some of the movies that you guys haven't watched, so it'll be cool to swap notes on that one day. Maybe I might join you guys for that on on the show or something. Let me know. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. If anything, I'll call you guys back. Keep doing what you're doing. Loving the show. Uh, All right. <laughs> Yeah, you finally heard him calling him out. I was gonna say we 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 knew if we rattled the cage enough, Corwin wouldn't let us down. <laughs> Only kidding, of course. Uh, Corwin would call in anyway after a while. Just but um. So uh, first up, Legion. Yeah, so he was talking more about you, obviously, since you watched. Since I don't really watch that show, but yes, uh, I don't watch it either. I watched the first episode when it came out. But I, I do pay attention to like the hype around comic book shows, uh, especially the ones I'm not watching because I mean I'm already watching Legends and Supergirl and Flash and Arrow and you know I started watching Walking Dead again and you know there's there's uh, you know freaking Agents of Shield like I, I have so much I'm already watching like I just can't keep up but I have heard tons of positive buzz about. Legion um, uh, ever since it came out. And I, I enjoyed that first episode, but that from that first episode alone, it wasn't enough to hook me in, so I never came back to it. But the buzz makes me want to, and I think he's referring to falling asleep because you you said sometimes you know you 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 kind of put stuff on in the background or stuff to fall asleep to. Oh yeah, um, I mean I, th I think that aspect yeah that's applicable. That's something that you could. Well, it's like anything. I think 
I think anything you're going to try to binge watch, you got to try to really make sure that you're not tired. I mean, because or else, especially because sometimes depending on which, uh, if you, I know with my Blu-ray player, sometimes with Netflix, and it may just be Netflix, may nothing, may nothing to do with the interface, but sometimes it's a pain in the ass going back to backtrack those episodes. Not as easy as just a matter. Oh, you see the list of episodes and you just scroll up and you go back to the one you last one you kind of remember, and start it over and then forward to the part you you know wherever you don't. Everything seems new. Okay, now I'll watch it. Sometimes, especially with the more with the Marvel shows, I've noticed on Netflix that when they first come out, sometimes that's an issue. Like if you keep, as long as you keep going in order, it's okay. But if you have to backtrack, because that happened with me, I think with Jessica Jones when they first put the second season of Jessica Jones on, it's like I fell asleep like in, in episode two, and it must have played at least through episode four. And for a, one time, for what if? No, it's a weird tangent. That I ended up having to go all the way back to episode. To the last episode of season one of Jessica Jones and forwarded to the very end, and then after it stopped playing that, then it rolled over to pretty much, you know, episode one, and I could just kind of like work my way back forward. But yeah, being I can, but I can understand some some. It's like a lot. It's like some shows in general. Like it's like it's not nearly as interesting, I'm sure, as Legion would be. But it's like for me with Survivor, if I don't watch, if I don't get into Survivor in the first episode or so, doesn't matter. I won't even. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if I catch it quick enough and go back and watch it on demand, then I'm okay. But if I for first couple episodes go by, like this season, a couple of episodes have already gone by, I don't even. I'm probably not even going to follow it. Maybe I'll watch the final episode just for the hell of it. But I like. I, but my rooting interest or interest in the show right now is non-existent because I didn't follow it when it started. Um. Then uh, he talks about Green Lanterns. We talked about. Uh, almost all of that. So, was there anything in particular there you wanted to address? I mean, it was but when all the other the all, the other lanterns showing up. That was the interesting part too, because other than Sodom Yat, they definitely were like the B team. <laughs> Maybe even the C team that showed up to help out. Well, all the other ones, C team, Metaphil, I'd say B team. Yeah, he's B. Metaphil is Metaphil is the one you could say is a B team. Yeah, but the rest are like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> uh, and then he mentioned, of course, Netflix, which we'll uh, we'll skip that for now because we'll be getting into some Netflix talk uh, after we go over the next email. But generally speaking, yes, I mean, and that would not be a bad idea. Certainly, Corwin, if you want to come on, we can do we can pick it pick a date in particular, or especially maybe if we know when a bunch of stuff is maybe going to come on that interests us, and then we can go back and talk and as you and I, as we've talked about before for at some point i still want to do a podcast which is basically where it is essentially we pick something that's, e- that's either on netflix or free or streaming free on prime and maybe have rotating people into you know different people pick movies for whoever for people to watch and then whoever happens to be on that episode they discuss the movie and things like that so that that's kind of like a not quite what he was talking about but it's but it just reminded me that it is something i would like to do one day so cuz it opens up the door for not just obviously super popular things that you know but a lot of obscure shit that some people don't know about well i mean relatively speaking i mean uh, in, in terms of episodes we're only about 10 or 12 episodes away from our next uh you know, movies we're looking forward to in 2019 episode. So if we want to do that, and then the next part of that, you know, we can do an extra segment after that talking about Netflix. We can bring him on. 
That She's is, will already be focusing on film and so on and so forth. We might be able to do that, yeah. Even though we we certainly won't be able to project too far ahead about what's going to going to be coming on Netflix, but even though, but right. yes, but generally speaking, we could do we could do that. But it might, but possibly it might be good as a standalone too. Uh, sure. But uh, but yeah. So as as usual, good stuff, Corwin. For sure. Uh, keep it up, man. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Jim's uh, email here? Yeah, we got this email from some joker named Jim Ford. <laughs> Jimbo. Jimbo Ford. And all I know is this guy will never be on this show. That's all we have to say. Uh, so, uh, so of course, we're kidding. Jim says, Jim's, Jim's always funny. It's like, hi, guys. Jim here. Long don't, time. don't, 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 don't give him that. <laughs> don't, okay, if he said, tell him he's funny, he's going to try and keep up and do more, and it's just going to get more eye-rolly. <laughs> Would you be happier if I said he always tries to be funny? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hi, guys. Jim here, a longtime listener, also a longtime host, too. But I've been catching – he didn't say that. that that's me add, adding into it. I've been catching up with a bunch of episodes, and you're doing a great job. I flipped through the first episode of Odyssey at the comic shop and wasn't impressed enough to want to pick it up. But I'm definitely more intrigued after your review. I don't really care about most of the characters, and really, Asriel is a really odd choice. But the thing that has me curious and the reason why I figured Chad would want to keep buying is that line about the new multiverse. It sounds like maybe they're planning something to balance the evil multiverse with one, st- with one started and led by heroes. <clears throat> My question for you guys is if you plan on reviewing the Justice League main stuff with the invisible light spectrum, the ultraviolet spectrum, he means. Uh, I'm behind on that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now we probably will be doing that at some point, right? We just don't know. It's just probably not going to be. I would an issue. say yes, but given our recent conversation, I didn't want to say that for you. <laughs> I just don't know if it's going to be an issue by issue breakdown. It might probably not. Yeah, it probably will be a summary or an overview. But I would say yes because I again, since I'm not reading that book, I am curious to see how that all that kind of comes together and has played out too. So, so the I mean, if if <clears throat> if you want, what we can do is maybe take the one issue that was heavily one or two issues that were heavily focused on that particular aspect of that arc and do an issue uh, breakdown on those. And then on the either side of it, I can do the kind of what has happened up till now recap. Like I did with Supergirl, like I did with the justice league odyssey to provide context. So I could like provide you know, issue one, issue two context of of this new Justice League series. Then we talk about maybe issue three and four. And then, you know, I, I say I, I do some more uh, wrap up context afterwards. I mean, we could do something like that, maybe. That's a distinct possibility. Uh, I've I I'll admit right now I have those issues. I haven't read them yet. Um, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm reading a ton of stuff right now. Like, let me let me pull up my list right now. now because you, you say those issues, you mean the Spectrum issues, or are you talking about the rest of Odyssey? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Odyssey, as of right now, hasn't had a new issue just yet. Still only uh, one? Jeez. Still only one. Um, but Action Con... So, like, for instance, um, I got the list in front of me of all the stuff I'm, I'm getting tomorrow. Action Comics 1004, the Books of Magic. There, there's going to be a new Books of Magic series, by the way. Um, the Heroes in Crisis number two is out tomorrow. Terrifics, uh, Return of Wolverine, Spider Geddon, Spider Girl, Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, What If Thor, X Men Red, uh, and then the week after that, something uh, Mark will have to review: uh, Green Lantern and Huckleberry Hound. Oh my God! 
And then we got Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth, uh, Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman The Witching Hour, Superman and Top Cat number one, The Terrifics Annual, Avengers Halloween Special, Edge of Spider-Geddon, Marvel 2-in-1, Spider-Force, Vault of Spiders, Venom, Venom First Host. Oh, check this out, by the way. Uh, total random tangent, but since I just mentioned it, I just wrote down these ones for the stuff that's coming out next week uh, and, and what I'm getting there. I just told you Venom first host. Guess what? Guess what issues come out uh, for for this this series next week? Venom's Venom first host number three and number four and number five all come out in the same week. <laughs> yes. How is that possible? Is, is that's got to be a mistake, uh, right? It could it could <clears throat> be a mistake, but this is according to ComicList.com, which is like supposedly one of the main sites you're supposed to go to if you want to see what's coming out in, in the coming weeks. And it's very rarely, if ever, inaccurate. But I've been wondering when the first, the next first host issues have been, were going to come out and they just keep, they just keep not showing up. And then all of a sudden I check and it's like, Oh, three, four and five out next week. Make it up for lost time. Yeah, so Marvel's having some publishing issues if this is if this is true. But like that's just an example, folks, of the stuff I'm reading. I'm reading all the Venom stuff. Spider Geddon is taking place now too, so I'm reading every Spider Geddon tie-in. Uh, you know, I'm reading all this DC stuff. So uh, I read Justice League one, two, maybe three, maybe four. But that that's a that's all I've I've read. So I didn't finish that arc. I don't know exactly how it ends. But uh, I didn't want to assume for Mark's benefit that we were going to just cover that. I mean, I knew we'd probably talk about it. I did say we would talk about it. But all I said was we'd talk about it, not necessarily that we'd review it. So, so we just I'm, talk, I'm down we to just, cover it. We just talked about it. We're good. No. <laughs> we kept I'm definitely no down to cover it. Another campaign promise complete. <laughs> But I'm down. I'm definitely down to talk about it. Yeah, we'll put we'll we'll we'll, we'll start putting putting it on our list for 2019. Um, I I am interested in this uh, multiverse stuff, Jim. Uh, but at the same time, oh, God, like they they if we're t- if we're talking relative, let, let's let's talk about in the span of. Of, of this podcast, this podcast, you know, coming up in the next week or so has been on the air for 10 years in the span of this podcast, DC even saying that the multiverse is back is relatively speaking new. Then they throw in this whole dark multiverse thing during DC metal. And that just is like, wait, what? And, 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 and Scott Snyder almost went Grant Morrison on us with, with this, this conceptual storytelling that he did during metal. It was almost Morrison-esque. And speaking of Morrison, we got Morrison's multiversity stuff that he did a few years ago. So like in terms of the multiverse, we've had a lot of stuff thrown at us recently. Uh, Hell, I mean, even within these last 10 years, we've had flashpoint happen, the new 52 start and end. Like in terms of DC multiverse stuff, We've had a crap ton of, cra- of stuff thrown at us in the next 10 years. Am I be- – because of that, I'm not necessarily excited about this new multiverse idea. It's technically not a new multiverse um, because 
uh, I mean, be, be, it, it spins out about it. Like, for instance, um, Damage, the new Damage book, uh, which I think Ravinditti's writing. You have that book Sideways uh, that DC's putting out. These are new heroes uh, coming from the dark multiverse. Uh, so this is this is stuff we're being introduced to. So we're getting more and more new heroes as a result of this. I don't like the idea of looking at all of these worlds that got shrunken down by the Kaluans that uh, you know got expanded into this. What did, what was it? What was it called? Was it uh, negative space? What, what was it called? Do we remember what, what what that sector of space Jessica was guarding in Odyssey was called? Well, it was was it wasn't like the Phantom Sector? Was it the Phantom it, Sector? It was something like it was something like that. Uh, I don't have that issue in, in front of me. Hold on. I'll have to I'll have to go find it. Let's see DC Comics. Um, Justice League. Pull up Odyssey. There it is. <clears throat> oh, duh! I should. Have, I do actually. I, do you, it's a digit. It's digital, right? That's so. I should. Have, I actually should have that. The ghost sector. Ghost sector. That's it. I knew it was something like that. So I don't like the idea of looking at the ghost sector as a new multiverse or some some like this new breadth of area we can explore. Okay, is it intriguing? Okay, what planets did they shrink down? Are they going to throw out some name we haven't heard since the freaking Silver or Golden Age? You know, so on and so forth. That's intriguing, but because of the sheer amount of multiverse and new information we've had to soak up in just the past 10 years about the DC world, I just like I'm I'm almost tapped out at this point to be too excited about having yet another new concept like that. Yeah, I, I conceptually it, it the con, conceptually it doesn't pump me up by itself. It would have to be story by story basis whether it matters to me really. Yeah, and I definitely like Justice League Odyssey number one enough to where I will read you know two and three, but uh, you know but it's got it's got to keep it up with two and three for me to keep going. Um, but I would recommend Jim pick it up. I mean. It's got some of the yeah. It's got new dark side. It's got Starfire. It's got Cyborg. Asriel, you're like what? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, yeah. It's I think it's I think it's a weird enough team, and it at least in issue one because that's all we have to go on. At least in issue one, it works enough to hold your interest throughout from cover to cover. Now, whether it's in line with Jim's specific. Uh, you know, likes and dislikes when it comes to reading and choosing a new comic. I don't know. Uh, he he sort of is all over the map. At least for me to for me to get a, an idea of if he'll like something or not. I hear you. Uh, anything else about these we want to talk about before we go into other stuffs? No, let's let's get into the home stretch, my friend. Home stretch. Take it away. Actually, something we we had. We actually didn't talk about before, so this is a slight curveball, but not much of one because we kind of did talk about it last week. I caught up. I'm caught up with the Flash. So I assume your major issue with Barry is just that he let Nora stick around. Yes. Okay, that's what I assumed. Yeah, that that yeah. That, that that is in line with the typical Barry 
Alan pro- thought process. And you have to admit, based on the way she acts, it makes sense that she would be his daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, again, not giving away too many spoilers. We kind of know why she's trying so hard, but the yeah. point still is she, she, there is, she definitely has a lot of her father in her. <laughs> But she's really cute, so I hope it, I hope she sticks around the whole season at least. <laughs> For sure. Um, and speaking of TV, there was something else you wanted to mention. Oh, Luke Cage. Uh, last, Luke Cage. Yeah, last week. Last week, probably, I think we talked about the end of uh, Iron Fist, and now we can talk about the end of Luke Cage. Let me pull this dagger out of my heart. Now, admittedly, if my my ranking goes. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Well, Defenders, Iron Fist. Um, Iron Fist season two was awesome, I thought. Um, but still, Luke Cage. I, I just like the vibe, man. I like the the, the Harlem setting and the music. And I, maybe it's. I hope it doesn't sound weird, but I just like that urban feel. It just it just did it so well. I thought. I really enjoyed that show. I, the season two ended on a weird note for me. Yeah, but I, I like that show, man. Well, the, one, of the, one of the problems is if if they're not going to merge these into one show, if this is not going to be a easy way to get us into uh, Heroes for Hire, if they're not going to do that, the problem is both of those shows ended on such... They weren't... I mean, they were not your traditional cliffhangers but they were damn close yeah um because we don't we because we don't know how danny got his powers back but we're there we don't really we don't really know um what's gonna what was gonna happen with luke because obviously the ties into the you know the ties into the godfather the way that ended that Mm -hmm. obviously it could go quite a few ways uh so i yeah, it's, it's 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 a shame. It it's it's a shame. So now, according to the room, uh, whether it's true or not, but according to some of the rumors, that this was more to do with conflicts between Netflix and I think, you know, the, the creative the team, creative team about not being happy with the scripts or wanting a, wanting different scripts and things like that. Now that might be true. It might not be true. So it might have nothing to do with why Iron Fist was canceled. But it is. But it is odd. I think it would be odd that they would get rid of. That they would get rid of that. Plus, we lose. If that's the case, it's gonna suck just as much because we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose Misty, and we're gonna lose Colleen at the same time. We're losing Danny and Luke. Yeah. Um, speaking of Netflix and Marvel, I just wanted to mention Daredevil season three is out. I've watched it all. Um, equal to, if not better than season one. That's all I'm going to say. It hasn't been out very long, so I'm not going to spoil a thing about it because at this point it's just not fair. But equal to, if not better than, season one for me. I really liked this season of Daredevil. I will watch it, but again, I'm I'm not as into Daredevil as I was in uh, the other... Well... <sighs> Daredevil's like Jessica Jones to me, where I, I like the second season better than the first uh, of each one, but I still. Uh, so we'll see. I, I will. I will get to it, but there's other shows I want to watch too, so that's not. Yeah. Uh, another thing that was uh, adjusted in its uh, appearances, uh, we wanted to talk about Wonder Woman two. 
And no, this is no plastic surgery joke about Gal Gadot or something. When was it kicked to? 2020? June 5th, 2020, I believe. 2020? Which, From its original date of what? I think it was no. I think it was November next year. Okay, so that's not too bad. It's significant. I mean, it's, it's six six months or so, but still. Yeah, June fifth sounds right because it's a Friday too, so that would make sense. No. Uh, now, of course, the un, the un, one of the interesting byproducts of that, which of course no one will talk about because nobody nobody cares except us, is that pretty much guarantees that we know Green Lantern Corps won't be coming out in June of 2020. <laughs> no matter what, because you damn well know they're not going to be releasing two movies that month. So uh, they're definitely not releasing three DC movies that year. <laughs> and what's the other because Flash, right? No, Flash, but Flash is in debt. Flash, uh, Flash got pushed back to 2021. Oh, I thought it was 2020. Okay, never no, mind. I'm pretty sure it's 2021. But it doesn't matter because, it, because again, there's no reason to believe that we're, we're seeing that movie anytime soon, let alone maybe anytime. There's got to be some movement on this. We have to we have to at least – I know that everything could be kept under, you know, under wraps, but it's unlikely when that hasn't been the case so far with these projects that we have to at least – you would think we would hear eventually, oh, this, like the, the script was turned in and blah, 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 blah. We would have to hear something soon. And we haven't yeah. heard jack shit. So, that's always, so it's almost – you can almost take it to the bank that there, there's going to be no script. There's going to be no script done by the end of – or approved by the end of this year, which means – I mean I guess it's kind of smart, I guess, to not cast – to get a script, though obviously to increase interest in the project, if there was somebody who really wanted to be Hal Jordan, that you know to sign on to sign on and then just hope the script is good. But then again, based on DC's track record, you could understand why people wouldn't be gung ho to do that. But it's yeah, this is turning every. I mean, this is kind of turning into a mess. I mean, it's. I mean, not that this is shocking news because it's been a mess for a while. But we'll see. We'll see what Aquaman does. <clears throat> we'll see what. We'll see what Captain Marvel does, what Shazam does, I should say. Same character, different universe. Uh, same name character. But we'll see. I it's not looking promising. I mean who like just like we never know we'll have we have no idea when that Batman movie is ever being made, the Matt Reeves Batman movie, because that thing's been hanging out there for years now. So who, they're they're a mess. They have one. They have Wonder Woman, and, and and that's it right now. And they're hoping for Aquaman. And I would, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect for Aquaman. I really don't. Right. It's a, a week. I mean, it's a week December overall. I mean, it's, they don't have a huge blockbuster to challenge it in December. So I mean, it's not a horrible. Re- it's not a horrible release window. But I just don't know. I mean, it's I. I think I don't know if I think reviews might matter for that movie. I think if if the reviews are pretty good, I think that would certainly will increase the odds people will go see it. Uh, but to me, it just looks like it's all it's against style over substance, and it's not a character no. I care all that much about. So I probably will see it, but I'm certainly not counting on it being a uh, being like Black Panther underwater. <laughs> Despite the way it kind of looked when they went into the Wakanda like coincidences or mirror images, to just you know when they go into Atlantis. But um, all right, what else? I think that's it, isn't it? 
Well, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Not the best theme version of the music. Uh, how was it? Now, I have – the reason why I was asking you the, those audacity questions was because – I have, no, you don't. You don't have to spoil anything. No, it, it, can, it, can, it, can, it can be have, just like I said about Daredevil season three. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, going to say I'm not going to go into great detail. But the reason why I asked you was because I had required. If Ryan and I don't get a chance to record together soon, soon being probably between now and the time we release our Halloween episode, that I had recorded a solo like a, about a, about a, I don't know, like about a 25, 30 minute kind of thing on it. So that's why I asked you because I had a sound clip. I was and and that, that did work, by the way. It just was. It, it's just going to take me a little while to get really good at lining it up smoothly immediately. But I didn't do bad. It took me a couple attempts, but I got it within like a second or two. One track. I usually I usually overlap them a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, nobody knows what we're talking about at this point. But I usually overlap them a little bit so our theme is fading out right when I say hi, everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. This I, I just have a sound clip from the original movie, which is like 12 seconds. And gotcha. Then, and so I, I, I think I have it almost perfect where there might be like a second or two between a second or two of silence before I start talking. I'll let you listen to it before we do anything. So back to your question. The point, I, I'm a really big, obviously, since it's been on my want-to-see list, on my top five list since we did that episode in the beginning of the year, that... I'm a big Halloween guy, so I tried to lower my expectations despite the fact that I wanted to see it. I'm not going to go. I don't want to give too much away. It's It's kind of, to me, I'm still letting it marinate a little, but it's kind of in, I think it's in the middle. It's not, to me, it's not the best. I don't can't say conclusively it's the best Halloween sequel that's ever been made, but it's certainly better than a lot of the Halloween sequels that have been made. But that still doesn't necessarily mean that it feels like a natural extension of the first movie, which this one I think kind of had to be for me for it to be successful. Since in this timeline, there's only two movies. There's Halloween and Halloween 2018. Everything else doesn't count in this timeline, so they have to feel that they really move together continuously. And I don't think that worked for me on that level. But that's but. Did you watch the original Halloween before you went to the theater? I've watched I've watched the original Halloween a lot this month. Uh, yes, I, I I'm not gonna say, I don't know if I watched it I the, the Wednesday before, but I did watch it relative. If it, not the Wednesday before, I watched it like a a day or two before. Well, because I know you like to do some of the sometimes you like to go to those showings where they'll show multiple movies back to back before they show you the new movie. I wish so, they had that. I, I I'd asked. My friend Chris, who's the manager, I'd asked him like about a month ago at Regal. I said, "Are they doing a double a double feature for this?" Because I knew they were actually having one of those cinema events where they were going to play the original Halloween at least a couple, like at least one or two days, I think, uh, in October. Uh, actually, they may not have actually done that yet. That might be next week uh, or this week, I should say. Uh, but no, and it seems like, I, and that to me seems like such a a missed opportunity, a wasted opportunity, especially for these two movies that are supposed to basically be part A and part B now with nothing in between. That would have that that absolutely would have done good business to do double to do a double feature on that Thursday that it opened to do the original. Right. But yeah, I watched the original a lot, and there's and there's definitely there's lots of callbacks to. to Man, there's callbacks to pretty much everything in the series at some point, even though of course they don't exist in this timeline. But the most, I th- I'd say, the two movies that get, they get, they 
gets called back to the most is, of course, the original, but Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, which makes sense because in a way – and I don't want to ruin the voice clip that – that, the little voice clip that I have in the beginning. But when you, listen, when you hear that, it makes sense because that theme about things repeating itself makes sense because even though this Halloween 2 replaces the other, it's kind of almost like, well, this is – it's almost like the events of Halloween 2 kind of did take place. They just took place in a different – like 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 forty years later instead of the, the next, same night. So some of these same events kind of did happen, and, but now they just happen at a different time. I think that might have been why they tried to do it. But there's a lot of homages to Halloween too, in Halloween 2018. But it was it's worth watching. Let's just put it that way. If you're a Halloween fan, it's worth watching. I just I think it's kind of what's interesting to me is on Rotten Tomatoes is that that movie the the critic score and the uh, audience score is pretty much in sync. That's hmm. pretty good. Now the, the the now the critic score was super high before the movie came out. It was I think it was like 87 heading into that Thursday it opened and it dropped down to like 80 or 79 by the time I went to the movie that night. Now I think it's back at 80, so it hasn't really dropped continually dropped like a rock. But it did make you wonder if they kind of like cherry picked which which reviews were coming out early or not, or whether they had any influence on that. But it's but they're around the same, and I find that I find that interesting. Uh, so. Which I didn't think necessarily would be the case. I thought it could have been a little bit more like uh, Last Jedi, but like where the critics might be significantly higher than the audience score. But so far, not the case. Yeah, I just thought I'd uh, I thought I'd ask. Uh, also, I want to see uh, just mention real quick. I'm not sure if you saw this, but I saw this uh, headline uh, come across my feed. Uh, I think two days ago uh, from Deadline. Venom licks 461 million at global box office. Yeah, it has done quite well and it continues to hold well. It made it still was pretty good last week. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it financially it's it's doing it's doing really really well, and that's why it'll be curious about Halloween to see what kind of hold Halloween has. Though it does have this, it does have the weekend before Halloween working in its favor. That's why. Mm-hmm. It, that's why its release get it, you know its release target was perfect because you have the massive interest regardless of when it was going to come out, and then you have the second week where because it's a natural time to go see a scary movie anyway. That, but it would still be curious. I mean, it still could drop like a rock, but it'd be curious to see if it has a more acceptable drop. But it's already it's already made so much. I mean, it literally has made tons of money because the movie only cost like about ten million dollars to make. Right. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's at 76.2 million. Uh, I guess for the weekend, uh, A Star Is Born is at 19.1, and Venom close third at 18.1. So Venom is, I mean, even with a a, a blockbuster like uh, ha- uh, uh, Halloween coming out, it's you, you got Venom is holding third place. Yes, Venom 463 uh, overall, and it's most of it overseas, but mm-hmm. it hasn't done poorly. It does not has not done poorly domestically. I mean, certainly seems destined to go over to at least go over 200 million domestically. Mm-hmm. So that's not so that's not that's not bad. And Halloween has made nine a little a little a hair under 97 million worldwide so far for a movie that cost 10 million dollars. So even if you want to double that and say uh, they spent that much money promoting it and everything, which probably they wouldn't. I don't know if they spent that much promoting it they were pushing it there's no doubt they were pushing it but either way you're looking at a movie that's ar- that already is on the verge of making like ten, 10 times its production budget like in in a week mm-hmm. so yeah so that movie is definitely going to be 
So from a profitability perspective, which isn't shocking in general because ho- horror movies are extremely profitable. They don't cost they don't cost much. They're pretty much critic proof, and there's a built-in audience that will always go see them. And they tend so that's why that's why there's so many of them that get made. I mean, horror movies are really it's a cash cow. It's it's really it's really easy to make to, to have a. It doesn't even have to be good. Does I mean? Because again, most of the and again, most of the the critics' reviews on them are crappy, but that doesn't scare people away. No, no pun intended. If they want to see them, it's a it's a genre which is critic proof, so it's 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 kind of perfect on that level. For sure. Um, by the way, uh, I forgot. Uh, I I told you before I'm not really into horror movies. I saw Venom again with my brother-in-law the other day, and the sa- the, the 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 trailer for that one horror movie. Uh, that I said I was looking forward to uh, came out. It had ACDC in the uh, trailer. Do you remember seeing that? Oh, I think oh, you got to give me more than that. Uh, it's uh, what, let me see here. It, it's oh, God, I, I, I'm Googling it now to try and figure out because because I have the name on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Uh, Overlord. Oh, the, the Abrams, the Abrams movie. Yes, uh, I, there is. There was ACDC in the in the trailer, which I'm a simpleton. Uh, ACDC's Back in Black was the first out CD I ever bought with my own money, and the first CD I ever rebought because I played the, the <laughs> played Back in Black so much it got scratched all to hell. Um, but uh, and and then it it was a horror movie, but it was it had all this military stuff, so it looked like a yes, uh, it looked like a war movie that had a horror story taking place within the war, and I was like, that is interesting. Yep, that is correct. And, and not to mention, it has uh, what's his name? The the uh, there's an actor in it from um, Agents of Shield. He plays Fitz on Agents of Shield. So I, I didn't know he was doing films but yeah he's he's in it um uh ian de um something dig the cat i can't i don't know how to say his name uh ian de k k stecker ian Ain? yeah he plays fits on agents of shield so <coughs> but yeah uh, so i might actually be seeing a horror movie this year because I, I that trailer really uh did its job for me yeah, that was a movie for a while people thought was uh, the Cloverfield sequel. Hmm. It's not. Though, though some people have said that probably it wouldn't have taken much to kind of like retroactively make it one based on the way the movie is. But yeah, for a, for the longest time, up until up until even a f- uh, maybe a few months ago, people were still convinced that Overlord was actually go- was uh, another secret Cloverfield sequel. So. But apparently, on, yeah. on IMDb right now has six point nine out of ten. I don't know what that means since the movie's not out yet, but still. So comes out on uh, November 9th. So I'm I'm I might go see that. But I mean, priority is Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. So, which they're getting super into the marketing for right now. It is everywhere. Yeah, it, it will be. It will be interesting to see. Um to see how that does it will be really interesting for sure but i think this went longer than we intended so you want to tell people how they can reach us no we got to cut corners somewhere no uh lanterncast.com 
best way to contact us, email is lanterncast at gmail.com. Twitter and Facebook, we can use hashtag GLCast to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And be like Corwin, leave us a voicemail, 708Lantern, and let us know what you think. And no, we're not telling them what we're doing next. <laughs> just in case, just in case something comes up and it doesn't occur, we don't want to have this problem that we've had multiple times this year. So let's just surprise people if everything comes off. Now, yes, it, no, no big, no, I don't, I don't want to tease too much. This is entirely dependent on Chad and I and no technological issues. But there's still a possibility something could happen. So, but the plan is to record Monday, right? Yes, but you'll, but you should be pleasantly. You'll, you, you'll be surprised. Pleasantly might be another story. <laughs> you'll be surprised. <laughs> we probably, we can probably safely say we won't be pleasantly surprised. We will, we will, we will just be grinding our teeth, pushing our way through it. But the stuff, that, the stuff that we do for the, the stuff we do for our fan. I mean, fans. <laughs> Uh, and, I mean, it almost it almost uh, it almost uh, makes it a foregone conclusion what 2019's Halloween episode is going to be. <laughs> That's going to take more work, though. That, that, oh those God! Have to be a two-parter, though. Yeah, that, that there's yeah. a lot more material to cover. That that was the one benefit. That was the one benefit of this. There aren't that many issues to cover, and it was only part of a, a handful of issues. And All right. Well, there's your, there's your hint, everybody. There's your, that's right. There's, there's your, there's your non-spoiler spoiler. spoiler uh, if you can put the, then again, we, we should now just to be funny, we should find something that meets that description. And just, it's just, it's just, people would never suspect in a million years. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, we, God willing, we'll see you on Halloween. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Wait, where is the Panthers defense? Oh, they got seven points, so yeah. That would have been better to put them in. I think we're recording now. Marshawn Lynch was on a bye week, and Devontae Adams was on a bye week, which is probably what hurt me in terms of points. Marshawn Lynch is also on the injured reserve list now. Yeah, so I'm debating. He's been so good for me point-wise. I'm debating, should I get rid of him and pick up somebody else or (sighs) keep him for when he comes back? I assume they put him on the the IR... Des- designated return, right? I'm guessing. IR, yeah. Well, there's two I. There's there's there's. All says IR. Yeah, I don't think based on injury, based on fantasy football, I don't. And maybe it depends on the league, but I don't think they dis- they differentiate in real life. I think when you put somebody on the IR now, you have to you have to distinguish because there's an IR with. Uh, I forget how the actual terminology goes, but there's IR. Basically, there's an IR with a possibility of return, and then there's the regular IR, where if you put somebody on the regular IR, then I think they're done for the year and you can't bring them back. But but if you put somebody on the return list, that means theoretically, once they get healthy, then then you can uh, then you can bring them in. Um, <clears throat> but. Yeah, I will. I, on Monday, that timeline increased considerably. Place on injured reserve by the Raiders on Monday. 
halting what was an excellent comeback season. Let's see. What's his injury? A groin thing. A tear? Or a uh, we, I don't know, but he's 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 had groin issues most of the season, but he's just been playing through them uh, and, and all this. But I think the, I think they finally took him in for scans or something, and uh, I don't know what the issue is. It just his groin injury. Let's see. Let's see what it says on Rotowire. The Raiders are yet to designate anyone for for return off the injured reserve in 2018, meaning Lynch could return in eight weeks. However, with Lynch's contract set to expire the following season and Doug Martin and Jalen Richard also in the picture, it seems unlikely Oakland would use one of their return designations on the veteran back, so I should probably drop him. Well, yeah, the fact that it says – the fact that they put him on the – Put him on the IR, which means, like you said, he's, he's going to miss what the, at least the next eight games, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Means, that means that's going to be at the very least will be in the playoffs for you when we come back because we know it's only a 13 game regular season and this is what week eight we're heading into. Yeah. So that means yeah, they, that he should, he probably won't help you depending on how many teams make the playoffs in your league. The odds are that the playoffs will be done by the time he comes back. And it's not like the Raiders are fantastic no. this year, so. So yeah, it looks like I got to drop him. It sucks because he was doing well for me fantasy points wise. Let me see if I can go back and show, see what I was getting from him. Uh, game log. Uh, first game ten point nine points. Second game twelve point eight. Then fourteen point six, fifteen point seven, and then week five and six four point one, five point nine. So yeah, he's he was doing well for me. He's a but I guess I gotta get someone else. Yeah, that's how I feel. I have to about, watch these videos. That's how I feel about Connor from the Steelers. Cause assuming, assuming at some point dipshit Bell ever comes back, but the longer it takes for him to come back, the less I, the, I don't know, the less likely it is. I think the Steelers are going to be using Bell uh, f- full bore anytime soon. Anyway, so. Well, what's interesting too is. Um, uh, Jordan Howard Stink. has he's, he, I mean he's been okay but he's been dropping down and I've been you know whenever you have someone on your team you get these uh, videos from the fantasy cast or whatever that pop up here on the ESPN app and they're saying that they're, they they've been recommending for a while that people uh, maybe the last two weeks that people with Jordan Howard would probably do better if they get got Tariq Cohen, Cohen. instead. Yes, Cohen's been the better backer. So, but I mean, that's so far he's only been the better backer in terms of the past two games. So I don't know if that's enough of a of a uh, consistent thing for me to justify dropping Howard and getting Cohen, or if, since I'm dropping Marshawn Lynch, maybe I should just have them both. Yeah, you could do that. If you're going to drop Lynch, unless there's a better running back out there that you like, I mean, you could. I, well, there's these, there's, there's videos on here that say, what was, what was this? One of them, uh, the, the two videos that I haven't played yet for, uh, one about Marshawn Lynch. Uh, yeah, it says which running back benefits without Lynch. So I have to watch that. Maybe they'll give me some good pointers on another running back. So. But. Uh, all right, we got to do this, don't we? Yeah, it won't. It won't take. It won't take particularly long. Um.